I guess we kind of have to do an intro. Are you recording, right? Yeah. I guess we could do an intro. Let's grow podcast. Fuck yeah. Something like that. <laughs> uh, Fabian, thanks so much for joining me on Let's Fucking Grow Podcast. Thank you so much for being a, a, a co-host. I can't wait for us to get started on this. Let's, let's just start over. All right. So we're coming to you from our road trip, our bike across America. We left yesterday and we felt like we really had to film this because of what's been happening in our hometown, probably in your hometown, Mm -hmm. uh, all over the country, actually. And it's the protests that are happening. Yeah, there's a lot of different forces at play currently, and it's really impacting our culture and impacting our society in a significant way where... You know, we, we need to talk about some of these things. Yeah, so what we're going to go over today are things like why it's happening. Mm-hmm. Is it necessary for this to happen for the country? What are the causes? What are the solutions? And how to get people to vote. How to get people to vote. I think that's the most important one. So let's, let's jump right into it. Uh, as you know, we as a country have political turmoil as well as a civil and social turmoil uh, based off of a cop killing a a man. Uh, do you want to give a little bit of context just in case someone watches this video later on? Yeah, I don't think anyone needs any extra context. There was an officer who unjustly killed a black guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, sad. It was sad. And that's what people think started these protests. But I'm going to say that it wasn't just this thing. It was a culmination of so many factors all over society from all different races including the coronavirus stuff happening mm-hmm. that led to this just uh, absolute burst of, of emotion out of the entire American population. Yeah, dude, people are pissed, man. You know, not just stuck in at home because of coronavirus. Uh, people don't have jobs. They're filing for unemployment. They're not happy. It's America's future is all basically at risk. And this just brought up a very strong racial and social issue that needs to be addressed and has to be addressed. And, you know, wh- while... A lot of what's happening is it's just sad. At the end of the day, it's sad. And it, a lot of it could be uh, changed with education, changed with reform. The question is, how do you create that? So the one thing that I, I think people don't realize is that there's a ruling class above the working class. Of course. And their only job is to keep the working class a working class to make money for the ruling class. Mm-hmm. So we're little rats that are made to run around the wheel of life, try to make money. A little bit for us, but a lot for them. And, and, then, I, and I think that system, even though it's worked so well in the past, because they were able to shield us and do stuff like divide us, the whole Republican versus Democrat, I hate you, you hate me, we're completely opposite, when it's really all bullshit, it's the divisiveness that they try to instill in us to keep up separate, because if we get together like people are doing right now, it's, as you can see, it's really hard to talk people down when this is the kind of level of emotion that they're exhibiting. Yeah, people are people are upset because at the end of the day, they're realizing uh, that you, as a whole, you can't control a mass amount of society. And yes, there is a class system, and that class system is completely positioned to make the, the wealthy more money. But at the end of the day, right, we start to understand that banding together, we can actually make that larger change. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that are happening. For instance, one of the reasons why I think Push, it pushed this to the brink was the fact that 
Wall Street's doing so well when everyone is when everyone else is doing so badly. I, I believe it was estimated that like some of the, the the top point one percent one percent was making somewhere upwards of I think it was like forty five billion dollars through coronavirus. There's always an opportunity when you have money left over to make money from opportunity. Mm-hmm. And sadly, if you don't have a savings or you, you're not well versed in the stock market, you can't do that. But at the root and the fundamental cause of all this is money. Okay. Now I want everyone to understand because a lot of people think we are like we're humans and we're meant to make money. Well, that's not what humans were made for. We were, if we, whether you believe we were evolved or we, you know, or were created by something. The fact that we run around our lives trying to make a digital currency that literally only exists inside of a computer, they're just zeros that appear in your bank account, and they trade you for your time for that currency, that's something humans made up. That's not something that's inherent to humans. So I think that's a very different idea or ideology in comparison to, I believe, the mainstream narrative, or at least what we've seen on social media. And I'll, I'll, I'll... play the opposing voice and say no this is an educational issue this is a a learned racial issue this is something that can be solved based off of a understanding of you know hey we're we're all in this together right like we're we're a human being i'm a human being you're a human being right like like you've said on other podcasts right like it's it's very much that you you make money you go home you watch netflix and you poop Right, we're all, we're all the same. So the the difference is that now it's become apparent. It's 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 jumped into your life. It's it's took a, taken over your feed to now it's at a point where you can't ignore it. So while yes, money is the root of all evil, or most evil at least, this is seemingly is a a more of a racial issue. It's both. Because the less you can pay someone, the more you can keep for yourself as a business. The lesser job you can give someone to make them feel like they're stuck with that job, the less you can pay them because you know that if you all band together as a, as a ruling class, as, a, as oligarchs, mm-hmm. then you control the wages. And if you look at how wages and profits on Wall Street have diverged, <sighs> wages have stayed, stayed the same, essentially, while profits have skyrocketed. So there's a problem there. And that started in the 1960s, 1970s. And some economists actually say that uh, the, the, our ability to create new things and technologies stopped in that time. For instance, Apple releases the iPhone every single year. There's no reason for that to happen other than the fact that they need to make money from you. 1200 bucks per person per year. That's an amazing system they have set in place, but it's not necessary. So I think that a lot of people think, well, that's just how things are. But there's a reason why they're that way, and because people who want to take from you made them that way. Right. I, I completely agree. I believe that in our capitalistic society, yes, the ruling class does set parameters, does set parameters for the rest of society. And you spending and dishing out a thousand dollars just to dish out a thousand dollars to get the newest, latest, and greatest disenfranchises a lot of people. It, it makes people spend money on things that aren't necessarily important. It makes people a slave to the system. you know, Just to keep up appearances. Just to keep up appearances. Because I'll tell you what. So growing up, I grew up poor, mm-hmm. right? And I shopped. Like my mom would take me to pay less. Or if I got, if it was a really good week or a month, I would get 
some cool shoes. And I remember the first time I got Fila's, I felt so much better. I was like, fuck, I'm one of the cool kids now. But imagine if you're a black family and, you know, your mom has a few kids and you're on government assistance and she can't catch a break, maybe because of the educational system or whatever. And you have iPhone 6 and you're around a bunch of people from different cultures, you know, from different skin colors who have the iPhone X, the, the Max you're automatically going to feel like less of a person just simply because of the fact that you don't have a phone that's 8% faster or 12% better camera. So, yeah, money is at the root of all that uh, of all that inequity and insecurity and things like that and it brings up anger out of the black community because uh, of course, I mean, if I was, you know, if I was in a situation, I'd be mad, I'd be angry, I'd be retali- I'd, I'd want to retaliate against that class, but in reality, it's not any single person, it's not the cops. It's the system that we should be fighting against, not one another. You bring up such an amazing point, and I'm happy that you said inequity. Um, There's a couple other words I want to bring up, such as inequality, as well as social contracts, right? The Trevor Noah touched on this, and he did a really amazing job at this, looking at society and saying, hey, the social contract that black Americans have signed is not one that they want to uphold. So what they're doing is basically tearing up that social contract saying we need to reestablish a new system how do we do that and i want to bring up the fact that you said inequity and i completely agree right you know slavery for 400 years uh, for black people in this country was is something that has put people at a drastic disadvantage um you know while there while we claim to be an equal country and have equality that inequity is still there because of that 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 pastime and that needs to be solved so i want i want to talk about a little bit about you know what could we do what are some of the solutions what is what's something that other than posting a black tile which seems very non-significant what can i do there's only one solution to this problem and it's a solution that because if you realize the solution to our problems has to be uh, approved and wanted by both sides, mm-hmm. black, white, right, Mexican, Asian, Hispanic, every kind of culture. And there is only one solution that everybody agrees on, and that as of last month, a majority or uh, of Democrats and Republicans now want, and it's universal basic income. That was, I mean, Andrew Yang wasn't the first person to say it, but he was the first person to, to bring it back it. on the scene yeah. a year and a half ago. I'm a big supporter of Andrew Yang. Because it makes complete logical sense. Some people in the black community want reparations, right? Some people in the white community say that'll never happen. Okay, so now that there's that there's a uh, yeah, what do you do? Universal basic income gives everyone the exact same amount of money every single month for the rest of their life, regardless of your skin color, how much you make, and what your education is. And that does a few things. Number one is that it removes the stigma of a social program from a government. Deciding who gets it, deciding if you do well in life, then we'll give, then, then this is gets taken away, which gives you no incentive to make more money. So if you're working right now, or if, sorry, if you're not working and you're getting $1,000 from the government, what's your incentive to go work and make $1,200? There is none. Because if you start going to make money, they say, well, now you're making $1,000 a month, so now you get no, no money from the government. It, it doesn't make any sense. And just having a social program, like if I get welfare and I'm, you know, you know, that's automatic stigma in society. Oh, well, you're not good enough to do it on your own. So you need government help. That's, that's, 
I, I have a, a, a small issue with what you said, where you're, you're talking about universal basic income, which is very much equality, right? Because regardless of who you are, you're still getting that $1,000. But that doesn't bring up the fact of inequity, right? Where the programs that are offered to you are far different than the, the programs that were offered to me as, as, a, as a white man in the society, right? So there... And you, you did grow, grow up, uh, you know, lower middle class, I believe. No, right? poor shit. Poor, so low, low, lower class. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up, you know, middle, middle class, definitely. Um, and I was given an opportunity to go into a higher education just because of my mom being a teacher, right? And thank God, you know, I, life has, 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 you know, given my dad some really hard work and he's been able to do well for himself. Uh, but the point is that there's still inequity, right? In the, the, the programs that are afforded or were afforded to me were in no way afforded to someone that lived in the inner city, to poor lower class families, right? Your, your Maslow hierarchy of needs, your needs were not met in comparison to mine that were, so I could focus on different things. You see, here's my only issue with that is like, I wasn't afforded anything, but I had access to all these programs and things like that, right? Sometimes you know about them, sometimes you don't. There's nothing stopping anyone in this country from becoming what they want to be. For instance, what I came out to be, mm-hmm. right? The only difference was that I had a situation where... The only, the, the only difference is that I wanted it, so I did it myself, right? No one helped me through it. No one did anything. No one said, hey, here's it. here it is on a silver platter. I had to work for it. Now, if you're... Hispanic or in a black community because I grew up around gangs and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But if everyone around me was pushing me towards this, uh, a singular goal, was to, which is to be in a gang, then I'm, you know it's really hard to say no to that. On, on the other hand, education is at the root of all this, right? If you, make, if you have better education, you make more money. If you have better education, you know more. You can think critically. You're not going to go join gangs because you know that the payoff is not – it doesn't merit what uh, – the guaranteed no payoff. There's yeah. no compounding payoff. So – what do families and lower income family have with their parents? Their parents spend the least amount of time with their children mm-hmm. because they're working one, two, three jobs, right? So the problem is, and Andrew Yang says this again, it's the amount of time parents spend with children is directly correlated to how well those kids do in later life. So if your mom is able to pay for daycare, good for you. But what's even better than that is that if your mom didn't have to work a second job to pay for daycare and she could stay with you and read you words mm-hmm. and help you with homework and show you things in life rather than being stressed out over money. And if you're a kid and you let's say you grew up in a poor black community, what are you going to see? A lot of fighting between your parents over money. Maybe it doesn't work out financially, so your dad leaves because he can't make enough money. And now you're a single kid, right, which happened to me. But there's so much that comes with just education, having your parents at home, and if you had universal basic income, Everybody would be getting the same amount of money so that your mom maybe didn't have to work that second job. She could stay with you more. Or that second job, if she kept, decided to keep it, would put you at some type of advantage because there was more money coming in. Now, I, I know I'm speaking from a place of privilege. I, I, already, I can already accept that. My, my question is this. Does it come down to choice? Once that those levels are equal or there are a amount of... Uh, equity that is has been built for lower class people, or lower class families, or or, or growing up uh, people that grew up that way. 
does it become a point of choice? Because I feel like as an adult, you do have a choice, right? Yes, you are you are only afforded your privilege or a certain amount of privilege or based off your environment, right? But at some point, maybe 18, 19, 20, 23, 25, where it is at a point where you are an independent adult, you have separated completely. At some people it's 18, other people it's 25, whatever that is. Is it does it come down to choice and choosing what to spend your time doing? It depends what you're bringing, what you're what you were brought up to believe and know. So it completely depends on your education and what and where your mentality is at. So if you think there's no hope, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna do what what you know, what feels safe. Are you gonna join a gang? It gives you a sense of community, a sense of belonging, a sense of security and safety. That's why people join gangs. That's why people join terrorist organizations because they're just young teenage boys out in the middle of nowhere in Afghanistan or Syria and then you get these guys, these men who come to you and probably see the world and money and status and safety and community. And hope. Yeah, so there's no difference between gang members and terrorists. The only difference is what the reason why they're fighting, Mm -hmm. right? So if you had, again, universal basic income, it would take a while for it to be implemented. Now, everyone's so focused on today and tomorrow like no one can think big anymore mm-hmm. i feel like because the 24 hours news cycle just makes us everyday log on what's happening now what's happening now right but when you take a step back and you look at america as a society over hundreds of years and you know that nothing happens overnight so if you did something like universal basic income sure it'll take about a generation to get you know those people who just grew up already who are hard-headed who don't really know anything else or don't want to know anything else to you know get it have kids and have the children of those people benefit from it because imagine 10 years from now and let's just say 20 years from now so you have a kid today that mm-hmm. kid in 20 years is going to get a uh, universal basic income at by the day he's 18 years old now let's say he's had a financial literacy class in high school so now he knows how to spend his money and he knows hey at 18 i'm going to start getting a thousand dollars a month or two thousand dollars a month or whatever for the rest of my life do i want to go to prison for stealing something that's worth $20 and in prison I lose my $1,000 a month so let's see that's $12,000 a year times let's say 10 that's 120 grand I'm going to spend behind I'm going to lose spending behind bars or I could just keep this money and invest it number the second thing it does is it makes people respect more if you have more to lose then you don't want to lose that if you have $10 in your bank if you lose all $10, it's not going to make a big difference. Mm. But if you're getting $1,000 a month, well, hey, like now I, I need to take care of this. What am I doing with this money? And sure, some people might spend it stupidly the first two, three, four months. But after a while, you're like, okay, well, I don't need anything anymore. So what am I going to do with this? You might help people. You might, you know, there's so many things that you can do with that money. And, you know, investment has can can mean so many different things. You don't necessarily just need to have money be invested, right? There's there's other types of investment like time, which is a huge investment, right? Whether you're doing anything from a Big Brothers program to, to anything else, right? And there's a there's a way to invest in your community. Uh, yeah, but the problem is is like again, like Andrew Yang says, cash and time. What do you have to? So let, let me go back a second. Andrew Yang says, "I'm the only non-white candidate left on the stage." This is at the Democratic debates uh, earlier or late last year or early this year and he says number one that's sad and he goes you know why you don't see more politicians of color and different ideas 
He goes, because only about 5% of people donate to a political campaign. And you know what you need to donate to a political campaign? Cash. Disposable income. Mm -hmm. He goes, now who has all the disposable income? Is it the black community and the Latin community? Of course not. So he proposed something that's just just as amazing as universal basic income. And now people are starting to talk about it. It's called uh, democracy dollars. So, and I don't know if you've heard this, but it's amazing idea. So simple. As an American, every year or every election year, you get $100. Now, that $100, you can only spend it on a political campaign. That's it. Now, the reason why politicians don't care, a lot of politicians don't care about the inner city or what happened to the black people, etc., because their only goal is to get reelected and stay in power. Right? They don't want to lose the power once they have it. And what do they need? They need money for the campaign. So let's say you're the NRA. And, and I'm, I'm a congressman, and mm-hmm. I really don't like guns and stuff like that. I You know, the school shootings got to stop. We got to pass legislation. But I got an opponent who's raising a lot of money from the from the Democratic Party who wants to come after me. Now, you're the NRA, and you say, hey, you know what, Mike? Um, I'm going to wave $200,000 in front of your face saying I'll invest it into you, a super PAC for you. Well, that, guess what I'm going to do? You know, I'm going to loosen my idea about guns and maybe say how they're good and work that into my platform. Exactly. What they say is, hey, listen, Mike, um, we have money for you, but we need you to help us out. There's some legislation that's going to, you know, go on the docket and we'd like you to vote no on it because it's really going to hinder us and our ability to give you money. Mm -hmm. And then you have Mitch McConnell, you know, (laughs) saying, hey, you need to vote on no on this or guess what? No one's giving you money. And it's not, and it's not any better on the, on the Democratic side. They did the same exact thing: get in line, different lobbies, or you're outcasted. It's different now, lobbies, in, yeah. now I remember, like, because I used to be a conservative Democrat, okay, and I don't know if people even remember what that is anymore. But in the '90s, middle right, you okay. had conservative Democrats and you had liberal Republicans, mm-hmm. right? You had economic liberals, you had uh, you have moral conservatives, depending on, but you could, you had ideas, and now it's left or right. There is no option. You either get in line, you're with us, or you're against us. There's like a, uh, it's like a ritual that you have to it's pass. An, it's a, nar- I think it's a, that's a societal narrative that has been played out, and it's, it's really, honestly, horrible because it doesn't allow for freedom of conversation. If I agree with something, let's say that Trump does, God forbid, I'm considered then labeled as the a devil. racist, a, a, a white supremacist. I'm the devil. But God forbid I, I disagree with the left. Now I'm stupid and ignorant from the right. So to be honest, I don't even talk about my social views with a lot of people, my political views. Yeah, we, we, sh- we, share, we share insight. But a lot of people, I, I, I can't say what it is. Whether I am left, whether I am right, whether I'm the middle right, middle left, the, the, there's, no, there's no way for me to actually say that and for me to be protected or not judged based on that. No, I don't give a fuck because I, I'm I'm middle right. I'm I'm I believe on yes, you need to be smart about your money and conservative about your money and you know, culturally you should be conservative, but I believe in all the civil uh, rights afforded to, to everybody. I think that's very important. And it's it's very much a a societal issue where we need to be open to actually having conversations with people Instead of labeling, well, we people. used to, but then now that the news networks got in, guess what? I'm Fox News. Not everyone's going to like what I have to say. How do I make more money as a news agency, as Fox News, as CNN? 
well, I got to sell more ads. And how do I sell more expensive ads? I got to get more people to watch me. And how do I get more people to watch me? I, I say sc- crazy shit. And I scare people. Say now, crazy shit. Going back to the uh, democracy dollars, because I want to finish that point and then get on to this point, is, uh, is democracy dollars. Democracy dollars. You get $100 a, month, uh, mm-hmm. a year or every election cycle. Now, think about it. I'm in a black community, right? Let's say I'm black. I'm in a black community. We elect our congressman to Congress. He's getting $50,000, let's just say $100,000, from some group that's trying to make him vote against the stuff that we want. Now, guess what? I have one vote, yeah, like we all do. Mm -hmm. But me and 10,000 of my community members also have $100. So we have $100 times 10 uh, times 10,000. Okay, that's $100,000, right? Yep. My math's right? Mm-hmm. Now we tell them, hey, listen, we voted you into office. Either you do what the hell we want for our community or we're going to donate all this money to the opposite guy to beat you. Now imagine how, like, I mean, you can't get dirty money out of politics, but you can wash it out. And I think the statistic is that if you gave every American $100, it would wash out dark money and lobbyist money by a factor of eight to one. And that's... That's in eight to one. That's significant. But let's also know that, like, lobbyist money currently is about, for every dollar donated from a civilian, about $10,000 donated from a lobby. So I, I don't know necessarily how accurate well, no, that you, is. you'd be able to walk... All money in politics combined. If you gave every American... Think about it. There's 380 million of us. Mm-hmm. A lot of... like The majority of are over 18. So I think the lobby, the entire lobbyist is only about half a billion dollars per election cycle. I believe it's a little bit more. Per election cycle. Whatever. Now, I'm not talking about personal campaigns from people. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about lobbyist money. Like people who go... private interest that comes to the... Like I'm a congressman. I I get voted out of office or I retire. A company comes to me like the NRA NRA and says, hey, listen, you have have $10 million. I need Mm -hmm. you to go try to stir as many congressmen to not do this or to vote this way. That's the lobbyist money, not not like special like political packs and things like that. Specifically, lobbying money. Okay, that's 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 because fair. those are the people who actually go after the politicians and have meetings with them, and they pay you for your access to those people. So I w- I really want to touch on your point of political dollars, and I think it's an awesome platform. I think it's a it's a smart move. Uh, the reason I do, and the reason though that I'm not concerned, but there's a larger issue at play which is disenfranchisement of communities, specifically black communities, specifically, uh, you know, black American men uh, that were targeted and are targeted by by racially policed locations, specifically Section 8 housing. You know, let's let's be honest and say there's drugs everywhere from upper class, middle class, lower class, but the places that are policed are only lower class communities and are primarily section eight housing, which are are pushed to go do things like gang related stuff because like like you said about the universal basic income, they don't have the ability to really focus on anything right and that that becomes an issue. but even on a larger perspective, when someone becomes disenfranchised, they lose their ability to vote. Mm-hmm. Which 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 creates a larger issue. Now the the political what was it called political? They're called uh, democracy dollars. Democracy dollars yeah. is great in theory, and I and I and I love the concept. And and maybe this goes against a lot of people's views, but as a two party or a bipartisan democracy, 
where that's such a big issue. Well, that's exactly one of the things it's meant to solve. Is there should not there should not only be two parties that are in the, in the majority. Don't you give me have a, three, third, I fourth. Would, just I like every democratic love, system all over Europe. I would love to be like the French and very much have the and don't don't shame me, you people on YouTube. But I would like to love to be like the French, where they have multiple parties that contribute and have different interests. But those yeah, it's, it's not just the French; it's the British, it's the Swedish, it's every first world country in Europe. So and around the world, most likely. So, but there's obviously logistical issues, and I I personally believe that what is happening right now will change things. But the question is, I do, I don't at the same time. So here, yeah, because we're going to maintain this democracy. We're going to maintain this bipartisan bipartisan uh, democracy, whether anybody likes it or not, just because of the the governments that are yeah. in control. The way I see this is that we have. All this clout right now, right? This massive protest, all this. We have clout. We got to use it on one thing. You can't ask politicians for 15 things because they can easily say, well, this one specifically it's bad because this, this, and mm-hmm. not talk about all your mm-hmm. other points that are right. good. You literally, we need to be like, we need one thing that can level the playing field for everybody. And that was the issue with also Occupy Wall Street. Whereas, oh, we're about these 17 different things. It's like, so what's your initial platform? It's like, oh, well, uh, it's about 17 things. It's not just one yeah, thing. And I, I always say this about, it's kind of like arguing with a girl. If you're going to argue with the girl, you can't try to make 15 points because she's going to hone in on the one that she has the most chance of winning and only focus on that and make you focus on that. So with the politicians, it's like, cool. All right. We hear you. We apologize. What do you want? And you can't have all these different groups saying, we want this, we want this, we want... They're going to say, no, it's too much, right? Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell will never let that pass. You literally have to have something that's, again, is looked positively by both sides, Democrat and Republican, that politicians cannot say no to. They cannot vote against. Now, if we think your universal basic income, what is that going to do? Give everybody money, regardless of what party you are. So if you're in a Republican district... And you, obviously, you have poor white people too. It's not just the black people and the Hispanics, and you know that are poor. If you're a politician and you're like, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to vote no on this." Excuse me, you're going to vote no on giving me money? Why? Why? Excuse. There, it, it's a bipartisan issue. And the one state, Alaska, that's had a universal basic income for the last forty years. It's a deep red state. It was passed by a Republican governor, mm-hmm. and Alaska has the lowest levels uh, of income inequality out of any state. And they only get it between one and two thousand dollars a year. Imagine what that would do if you did it one to two thousand dollars a month. And not only that is, what are you going to do? You're going to reinvest that money in your community, right? Those are tax dollars. Those are uh, tax-free dollars going to work in your community. Whereas, like, um, literally softball, daycare, higher higher education, things, car repairs, things that would contribute towards larger societal causes. My fears are this with universal basic income. People are going to see it as not an opportunity to grow themselves, but as a way for them to consume more shit. That's my issue. And, and I'm, I believe I'm, I'm correct. And the reason I believe I'm correct is because of how easy and how accessible things are and how strong marketing is. How strong it is. It's, it's why do I need the newest TV? Why do you need the and newest there's iPhone? A, that, that's a good issue that you bring up. And that's something that's... Everyone who's in support of UBI, that's inevitably going to happen. I mean, some of those dollars are going to go to Amazon, like Andrew Yang says. He goes, you can't stop that. Mm-hmm. But 
not every single dollar of those thousand dollars a month is going to go to online shopping. So I believe that it, with with UBI for you to get UBI, I believe it would be important for you to take a financial literacy course. I think that would be need to be mandatory. The reason it's like it's like owning a gun, for instance, or buying a gun. Some states it's very easy, right? But at least in California, where where we're both from. You need to go through some type of course. You need to get some type of registration. You need to go through a. I think I believe it's a psych eval, right? At least once. For for a gun. Only gun. Only gun. Uh, no, you got to pass a test. Uh, okay, so psych eval. At, at least like it's passing a test, right? I believe that that would actually give people the incentive, though, to know how to manage their money in in a better way. And I think that on a societal level, that would just be yeah. Regardless better. of UBR or not, there needs to be a financial literacy class in school. To get your diploma at high school because you spend all your life trying to make it, but no one shows you what to do once you make it. And it's so interesting who created, again, who created the educational system? Yep. Who created it? Well, for people out there who don't get where we're going is the people who don't want you to spend your money wisely. There they is. want you to spend it uh, unwisely. So now, it can circulate between the rich. Right? And here's, here's, here's the biggest problem, and I, and, and I waited to say this because I wanted to kind of get all these arguments out to sum it up exactly this way. 30% of malls are closing in the next years in, in the next two years because of Amazon mm-hmm. right mom and pop shops main streets closes uh, stores are closing down AI and robots are going to be doing more and more of our jobs mm-hmm. now if you have a low education and you're, you and you're working at a blue-collar job and now that blue-collar job is gone forever because they don't have to pay you 15 bucks an hour plus unemployment insurance and 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 payroll tax they could pay a computer a robot three bucks an hour to do it now guess what now you're displaced you're displaced, and those jobs are never going to come back. Of course. With the truckers, there's 5 million truckers in this country. As soon as the self-driving trucks that everyone's making start taking the road, guess what? That truck's going to run for 24 hours a day unless it needs to be charged. You as a trucker can only get something like 8 hours of straight driving, 8 or 9 hours at a mm-hmm. time, and you got to sleep. You can't compete with the robot no matter how good you are. And it's not just blue-collar jobs. It's white-collar jobs. Of course. Accounting systems, accountants, you're going to be out. QuickBooks has already taken a large percentage QuickBooks. of jobs. Lawyers. Lawyers are not immune to this. If you're looking up statutes and stuff, you know there's AI that can scan hundreds and thousands of thousands of books Way faster. like this to yeah. find that hole. They're already doing this where robots can find uh, in contract law, they can find areas that have like uh, that, that have danger that you can fix. Way better than a human. Lawyers are done. Literally almost all of the jobs that we do are going to be taken over. So now you have a whole society and a whole, and th- this is going to get worse and worse and worse, mm-hmm. especially with the black community. There's no jobs. So what then, are you going to do? So then you just bring up a larger point of investing in STEM, building and allowing and creating a series and a system that is built, built on science and education, right? And uh, I, actually one of the, the guests that I will be bringing on in the future is doing specifically just that. He is bringing in uh, educational programs, STEM programs into Inglewood and uh, other lower income communities and creating the ability to create engineers. Because, and, and this, this, to, to tackle on to your point about truckers even specifically, I don't believe that trucking will only allow for one automated autonomous vehicle without the ability of the 
an, an intervention of human human beings. Yeah. So in the beginning, what's going to happen the same way that we have drones? There will be a human. It's like it's called fly by wire, basically, mm-hmm. where you'll have a camera. So the last mile in logistic, the last mile delivery is the harshest because you're actually in the city. So a lot of things are happening. It's not like a road where there's not much happening, like a highway. Once you get in the city, typically a human is going to be taking over and driving robot, uh, robotically that truck the last mile. But as soon as they rack up enough enough neural networks to learn how to drive in inner city, which Elon Musk is already doing, he has a few billion miles driven, mm-hmm. then that's gone too. But yeah, then you're going to have one human controlling a fleet of, let's say, 15 trucks the last mile. It's going to be engineers. But the truckers are done. Right. And not only that, is you know how many people work at truck stops, uh, gas stations? Tons. Tons along the road. Those are done too. Uh, and a point I wanted to make is, is I think that what should happen in because of now is you have so many different small factions all trying to get their voice heard. And I get it. it that's what you're supposed to do. But like I said, you can't ask for a million different things from politicians. So critically thinking about this, what would work best is if you had all the leaders in the black community, you know, the Al Sharptons, uh, uh, the Martin Luther King Jr., the thirds and things like that, who's actually already for UBI because his dad was fighting for it. Martin Luther King was fighting for it in 19, uh, you know, in the 60s when he when he was assassinated mm-hmm. in 68 or 69. You should get all the communities of the black, uh, all the black leaders of the community to be like, listen, this is a singular thing that can solve the most. With, if we're going to ask for one thing, but you guys got to be in for it. You guys got to be ready. For, you guys got to all ask for it. Get Then get the leaders of the hispanic community and the white community to say yeah you know what what better way to bring about bipartisanship and non-divisiveness to say hey we know we all talked and politicians pass this shit right now because all of us are in agreement for this right now republicans and democrats so you you bring up an, an awesome point which i want to touch on and i think that we have a couple more minutes that we could probably go into this for the closest thing we currently have to democracy dollars right now is voting the question is this: What's the percentage of society that votes? Like within within the last election, uh, somewhere in the eighteen to twenty percent, I believe. That's fucking pathetic. So the question is this, and my friend Justin brought this up. The the the, the person that's doing the STEM uh, programs. How do we make voting as cool as the new Supreme drop? You this, don't. You know why? Because the scarcity. No, because politicians don't do what you vote them in to do. And that can only be solved by democracy dollars and UBI. It's the only way. Unless they can be, unless you can, you can personally hold them accountable, they don't give a shit what you say. So, this is why Trump took so many black votes. What did he say? He goes, hey, black people. He's like, vote for me. He goes, what the, he's, he goes, what the hell have the Democrats done for you? Right? And is he wrong? Are there any better now? There, there are good politicians, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know I don't mean to throw anybody under the bus, especially a Democrat. But you have these black co- congressmen who have been in Congress for thirty fucking years, and their communities are still as bad as when they got in. There's incremental change here, and incre- But it's like, dude, if I'm gonna vote you for thirty years, meaning my entire life plus, let's say, like my kid's life, and we're still living in poverty. Like, what the fuck have you been doing this entire time? Yeah, we all know you, and you come to the community for the barbecues, and you, you shake hands. What are you actually doing for us? And that's why people, it's not sexy to vote. This is why, especially in, in the lower class, you don't vote. Because you're like, they don't care about me. You're, you bring up some really good points. That it's, it's, it's difficult, personally, for me to challenge, because I do believe in that as well. I mean, I, I believe voting should be sexy. It's, it's, it's the coolest thing we've ever created. The question is, how do we create a 
cool factor to it, right? Like I'll I'll, I'll talk about you know the political uh, marketing campaigns that happen. For instance, Rock uh, the Vote, Rock the Vote, which is exactly what he did. Jay Z, which is was huge, which allowed a lot of people to you know actually go and and and, and vote. Um, also, getting uh, cultural affiliation, uh, you know, especially especially with art. For instance, like Shepard Fairey doing the Obama poster, the Hope poster, which was huge and brought a lot of attention. Um, the question is this, right? How do you create this cultural shock within the the whole United States that says, hey, you have to fucking vote? Should it be your right to vote or should it be mandatory? It's mandatory for us to do the census. Again, there's no way, and like, and I'm glad you brought up the whole trying to market it because it's been tried so many times by both parties. Doesn't work because we don't see it working. We don't see our tax dollars coming back to us. We don't see our, we don't see our communities getting better. Time after time, yeah, you might be enthusiastic. Right? Let's say Jay Z and P Diddy do the Rock the Vote. I felt great about it. Cool. I'm going to vote for Obama. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Things got better, but then now are they really better for your community? Well, let me ask. Or I mean, that's subjective. Did things even get better? It depends on you, your specific situation. I can say I loved Obama because he did this for me, and you can just be like, he didn't do shit for what me. What if there were ince- larger incentives? What if there were larger incentives? Hands down. What if there was like, or it was? Ugh, I hate to say this, like a threat, right? Uh, you want a tax refund, don't you? You do. Great, you have to vote. Nah, that wouldn't work. That'd be anti anti democracy. <laughs> That, that'd be that'd be holding you your vote for for hostage. At, at basically. least I, you're right. You're right. But at least what I, my my perspective on that is specifically this. At least by getting that vote, the the political sphere would be stronger. There would be a stronger voice, right. which I understand goes against uh, most democratic ideals of you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Well, it doesn't go against those ideas. Is the fact that you shouldn't have to be threatened to vote or else lose something is. The only reason people vote is to see change. And if you don't see change, then there's no voting. There's no incentive. You you can't change one unless you change the other. So how, Fabian, do we take a step to create incentive? Democracy dollars. Get your candidate up there to be... I don't care if there's 100 candidates in the first Democratic and Republican debate, as there should be. And then what should happen is, you know what? I got 8% of the vote. You got more than me, but guess what? If you want my voters, you're going to have to tack on my issues to your platform. So here, here's the, This here, happens all the time. Here's the question again. From an actionable point, how do we get democracy dollars? It's very easy. They just sign a bill saying that every American gets it. The Treasury produces it just like it makes all the money. It just changes the, the amount of money available in the M1 currency, and then you give every American $100 who's over the age of 18. You don't have, you don't have to do anything except vote on it. And now, again, like UBI, what politician is going to say no? The ones who are scared, the ones who are like, damn, I've been fucking over my constituents for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I and know what's going to happen know, if I right. vote yes. But then if you vote no, it exposes you. And then you're out. Saying that you're in the pocket of the lobbyists. So there's no way around it with democracy dollars, with UBI. So the only way to do it, the only way to fix thing is to pass these two not, not even novel ideas. These two ideas that have been around. Something like 16 of the um, Nobel Prize winning economists said UBI should happen. Elon Musk said it should happen. Mark Zuckerberg said it should happen. Jack Dorsey said he actually donated $5 million to Andrew Yang's fund to give out money to people on their own. Mm-hmm. So you have all these smart people saying, hey, it needs to happen. You have all these people who are pissed right now so writing and protesting. What's, help, what's holding all this back? It's just the politicians putting it 
to vote. And how, That's the only and, thing. And how do you pick the, which politicians will vote for these You things? know what? It's the one who's going to do it first because I'll tell you what. This was a Milton Friedman who was an economist, you know, mm-hmm. old economist in America. He was for it as well. So what did Trump do? Trump saw opportunity to give everyone stimulus checks. That was Andrew Yang's idea that he had brought mm-hmm. up, right? And he's like, cool. Joe Biden didn't endorse it. Uh, Bernie Sanders didn't endorse it. Elizabeth Warren didn't endorse it. What did Trump do? Hey, you know what? I'm going to give everyone $1,200 a month. I'm going to give you re-up money. <laughs> Fucking great idea. He stole Andrew Yang's idea and he took it for the Republicans. Great, great job that he did. I mean, as far as like, you know, making the right decision on that. But what the fuck did Democrats do? They lost the opportunity to, to, to bring that up. To strengthen their platform. Now they're like, whoa, 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 okay, we want to do our own too. We want another round of stimulus. It's like, uh... So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that they were looking at a larger a larger stimulus for a longer period of time. Yeah, but this is the fact that... That he got passed, he got He was the first one to bring it up and say, hey, let's do this. Now, I don't give a shit if it's Republican or Democrat because they both it have happened. good people. At the end of the day, it, it needs to happen. So whether it's a Republican who, who starts fighting for UBI now, uh, obviously Andrew Yang's still fighting for it with his Humanity First uh, organization. doing. A, he's actually giving money to people, like 250 bucks a month, just to give it to you. No strings attached. Because they want to start seeing people in different communities and different, you know, working classes and things like that start having money and say, "Hey, what'd you do with it?" They actually did this. They gave, I think, a hundred, like ten people, hundred dollars, a thousand dollars a month for a year. Brought them all in a room and said, "Hey, what'd you spend it on?" And a lot of people gave it away to people who needed money mm. for medicine, for health care, for uh, you know, at home care. It was crazy. They said, and it made me feel. It made me feel so good to be able to help people. Because that's what all humanity wants, to help everybody. That's why we have kids. You help your kids learn, then your kids help you later on in life when you need their help. And it's all help. And in most cases, right, business is specifically that. It's value. It's bringing help to communities, to different people, right? It brings you something, right? That is that is the whole idea of business. And I also think Trump kind of hit it out of the park with the PPP. Was that Democrat? I'm pretty sure that was, I was, pretty sure that was a Republican thing. Mm, I'm not sure who brought who brought it up, but but it got voted by both parties. Obviously, and let me tell you, people think Trump for it. People do, and because what it did is allowed one, allowed workers to go back to work, allowed business owners to then invest in their businesses, and allowed a lot of people to be able to create new value. And again, all it was is just money that was created out of thin air. Who's printing it anyways? We're not even printing it. You're not printing it. You're just, literally changing uh, a zero. You're adding a few zeros to the account. You're creating it out of thin air, and then it goes out. And then, it, but it goes out with interest because every dollar is created with interest because mm-hmm. the treasury creates it, gives it to the Fed, and the Fed gives it to the banks with interest on it. So, when that dollar gets paid back, and this is this goes to a deeper uh, problem with our monetary system is that if everyone paid back every penny that they owed. If everyone paid back every penny that 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 we were owed, that that was owed, there'd be no money left because mm-hmm. as soon as that dollar leaves the Fed, they add interest on it. So now it's a dollar ten that's owed. So it's literally impossible for us to pay back the debt because if you pay back twenty dollars, there's five dollars taxed onto it or twenty dollars. Five dollars. So where are you going to get the extra money? 
Right. And that's how we have to keep printing money. And it, it's a never ending cycle. And if people realize that, we're like, holy shit, this whole system is money to fuck exist. us all, no matter what yeah. color you are, yeah. <laughs> no matter what, what you believe in, what religion, they'll be like, okay, so if we're all getting fucked, how do we get unfucked? Just give everyone money. You're going to have to. Because what's, what's going to happen when the truck drivers lose? Okay, right now it's a lot rioting. of black communities. Rioting. Like like you've never seen it before. Rioting. Oh, yeah. Truck driver is going to riot. You're going to have the black people riot. Uh, you're going to have all the Uber drivers riot. People that are working in these little small towns rioting. And Futurist already predicted this a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a car, uh, there's a book called The Driver in the Driverless Car uh, by, I forget the name, but you can look it up. And the guy, he says, you understand that once these self-driving cars are on the road, people are going to start attacking them. Because it's taking away their livelihood. You're going to have people trying to attack Silicon Valley tech startups and the, the places that make these. You're going to have people looting and uh, you know riding at the truck stops where they have all the, all the self-driving cars. And there's no humans that are going to be harmed because it's all robots. So are the cops really going to care about that? And what's, it's, just, it's going to they, start... They will because who's protecting those companies? Well, if it's a Silicon Party, uh, if it's a Silicon Valley startup, it's who knows? Because those tend to be more younger and democratic leaning. You even see that right now, though, a little bit, right? Yeah, With of course. Like birds and lime scooters and Ubers, like little scooters. Yeah. So People anyway, are absolutely it's, trash. Yeah, them. it's 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 it has to happen. There's no other thing that can bring us together as a country, other than universal basic. It's right in the name. It's not social program for Democrats. It's social program for Republicans. It's, it's a low. It's a, not a low income program. It's, it's not. A, it's basic income levels to meet specific needs to hit needs yeah it's everyone starts on a same on the same playing field when you're born so what what's a good place and how does someone take action if i see this video uh, i would just literally google andrew yang ubi and watch him explain it can i sign a petition can i uh, humanity first is andrew yang's organization so you can definitely sign up i donate to them every month what they're doing is badass it's it's amazing and it and and here's the other thing is republicans can't be against it because it doesn't create any any new bureaucracy so, from both sides of the aisle, it makes complete sense. All right, Ray, hey, thank you so much for joining us. I know this was a little bit of a different conversation than we normally have. Thanks so much for sticking in there with us, and we appreciate you joining us on this conversation. If you have any questions, ask us in the comments below. And again, Fabian, awesome conversation. You dropped some really solid knowledge bombs. Yeah, and uh, getting ready to bike tomorrow up, up in deep Arizona. Oh, it's going to be hot. hot. Extra hot. Extra hot. UBI hot. UBI hot. Hot sauce hot. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good one, and let's fucking grow. I'm hot, dude. Yeah, that's fucking... So I didn't even... I didn't even have anything to say at some point. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, these lights really help. <laughs> these lights really help on your face. Does it? Did it? Yeah, remember like even on the other ones, having the light on your computer? It's like a little bit of light here.